Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is podcast episode number 296. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 296. Four away from 300. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, you can't help it. So we're going to have a little fun today. So we're going to just have a little bit of fun. So if you're not into having fun, you may have to kind of not listen to certain parts of this today. But we are going to be talking about Siege Pedalus. <laughs> What's with the accents with us today? Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Siege Perilous. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about that. We have some wonderful uh, emails and, and we had some technical difficulties with some of the voicemails we got. So we have none to play. But... We have some exciting little fun things here and there. And so let's go ahead and we will jump into our news. There are a lot of Once Upon a Time podcasts out there. Yes. A whole bunch. Mm-hmm. We're one of them. Sure. I just wanted to quickly mention a new one I found. It was the Once Upon a Time podcast hosted by Josh and Steph. And we have the link to their Twitter account and also where to find their podcast. It's a lot of fun. Steph's like me, mispronounced words, <laughs> forgets who's what. She called Dr. Whale Dr. Jekyll. Uh, Josh is uh, a metal fan. And I, I think I heard they both like uh, wrestling. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a lot of fun to kind of listen to. Uh, another podcast kind of take it from their perspective. So mm-hmm. she likes Nathan out. Fillion. So oh, she loves Nathan she's, Fillion. She's good in my book because I have a little bit of a crush on him. <laughs> I think a lot of a crush on him. <laughs> so anyway, check them out, and uh, that means that you—that doesn't mean you should stop listening to us. But I think you can listen to both. I, I think that it is possible. There's room for to listen more to than more one. than one. Right. Because there's more than one type of apple, there's more than one type of pizza, there's more than one type of all kinds of things. Absolutely. Still, they're all equally good. They're different. Sure. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Georgie Porgy. I know very well about Georgie Porgy. Famous nursery rhyme. Georgie Porgy, putting in pie. Made the kiss the girls and made them cry. That's right. And... We actually got his... It turns out that that just like his... He's known. He's quite a player. His reputation for being a player. Oh, Mm -hmm. man. He... You you name any female in any nursery rhyme, and more than likely, he's broken her heart. Little Miss Muffet. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're going there. So... We we did want to play a bit of his when you call his phone. Mm-hmm. He has a smartphone, mm-hmm. Georgie Porgy. Well, he is a modern fairy tale character. Sure, he's got a smartphone, and <clears throat> we just want to 
give you just a bit of his uh, uh, when you call his message. When this is his outgoing message. Yes. Wow. When you call. Okay. So you're not going to hear any dialing, but but here it is. Okay. Hey, baby. <laughs> this is Georgia Porgy. Georgia Porgy Pudding and Pie. You should see my license. It's really long. Georgie Porgy Pudding and Pie. Leave a message. I'm busy right now. I'm out climbing a beanstalk or something. Having a good time just being Georgie Porgy. Like I said before, just leave a message. I will get back to you. Fee five full from. I don't know the rest of it, but just leave a message on my phone. Again, this is Georgie Porgy. Just leave a message. I love you, baby. Wow. I mean, that was that was really something. <laughs> Georgie's a little bit like Elvis there. Well, I mean, he does have a thing for the ladies. Now, here's the thing. We have an incredible find. Okay. We actually found a message that Little Miss Muffet left oh. on his voicemail line. That's You funny. are not going to believe it. Okay. I don't know. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Let's go ahead and we'll play it. Hey, sorry, Mr. Call. Um, I was calling you back to uh, let you know that I I love you and I miss you. <sighs> I really, I really want you to call me back. <sighs> And I'm sorry I missed your phone call and that I I I know you're done. So so when you get this can you call me back? I love you and I miss you. Wow. I mean that's really I don't have any words. He has he has some effect on the ladies. Man. <laughs> Crying or singing a song? I'm not, I'm not sure, but oh my God. man, that's that was beyond funny. I mean, she was really <laughs> Miss Muffet, but at the same time, <laughs> she she was really crushed that she missed the, his phone call. She knows he's done. He's she, yeah, but I still he want you to done. call. I'm sorry. Just... Wow. Uh, That's just too much. That's just yeah. too much. Well, you're, pe- you're pegging the mic here. It's a good time. Okay. All right. So anyway, well, I hope I hope Miss Muffet is okay. I hope and, she gets over it. Maybe she should go look for the knave. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he won't break her heart as much. I mean, he didn't break Belle's heart. That's true. They, Yeah, they were uh, just a little... Little kissy kiss, yeah, a little there. bit, but yeah. Did we have any views that we wanted to discuss from the episode Siege <sighs> Perilous? Um, yes, actually, if I recall correctly, yes. So remember, let me play the views music. <sighs> Sorry, 
so Colleen has some views, and here they are. I just have one little thing I was pointing out. We talked a little bit about the whole fact that Arthur's page was named Griff, which is a reference to Back in the Future, or uh, Back in the Future, wow, Back to the Future, or uh, a reference to Griffin, which is a mythological creature that Mm. was, you know, part lion, part eagle, part whatever. Anyway. So that being the case, if it is a reference to the Back to the Future, there is actually a moment in the episode that did totally make me think of the original first Back to the Future at the end of the movie when Biff, who is Griff's grandfather, if you know the series at all. And I know, if I'm not mistaken, one of our listeners, I want to say it's Karen Patrick and Guest. She is a huge Back to the Future fan. Somebody is, and I thought it was Karen. Maybe it's not. But anyway, point is, if you know anything about it, Griff is the grandson of Biff, who was the nemesis of uh, Marty's dad. So anyway, in the original series, back at the end of it, when things have kind of shifted and, you know, his dad's kind of cool dude now and's written this amazing story. Biff comes in with the a book box of books, his first, you know, box of books. And the way he kind of carried it in, set it down and then kind of stepped back and was like all excited and kind of hovering reminded me exactly of how Griff put the uh, books on or the reliquary reliquary on the table, the round table. Okay. When, when uh, Arthur was showing it to, all right. I'm having trouble with my words. They're like right there. They just don't want to come out for some reason. Well, <laughs> you know what? I think that's the problem. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed with sadness for a little Miss Muffet. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think you you stated your. I have. Statement. I have. Right. It took me a long time to do it, and I'm sorry, but I just because no, okay. I couldn't say the words. I know, but I have little Miss Muffet, too. little Miss Muffet, you know, kind of slowed oh, everything down for let's, me. Let's move along. Just we had a moment for Miss Muffet, and now yeah, let's move. Let's go ahead and jump into our emails. We have a number of emails. Oh, good. And so we will start with some thoughts from Alina's email. And I just want you to know that you, you got to check out the show notes because I'm using some new things and each email is in a box now. So oh, it really looks nice. Very nice. Anyway, uh, Alina really enjoyed, among other things, the adventure that David had with Arthur. And I really thought it was kind mm-hmm. of cool, too. And uh, she also highlighted the fact that um, that Charming wanted to be more than just a man that uh, kissed and awoke the sleeping snow. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was happy that Lancelot was alive as well, as I think yeah. a number of us were. Yeah. The next email is from Tipton. Chris Tipton. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> See, I'm already... <laughs> we're losing okay. it. All right, so uh, I will read Chris Tipton's email. Hey, y'all, this was a strong episode, my favorite of the season. Wow. Very nice. Pretty strong, mm-hmm. and normally that's that's tough to do. You know, three episodes in, mm-hmm. I did have issues with it, and I will get to those or that. I noticed the change in the title card. 
uh, instead of the enchanted forest with some object from the episode, it was the dark forest, mm-hmm. which I thought was a neat deviation. I love the return of snowing's theme in the sheriff's office. Mm. Mm. Always great to hear one of my all-time favorite pieces of music. Also, I found Zelina sarcastically miming at Regina hilarious. Mm-hmm. Even when she's on screen for a short time, she steals the show. I was disappointed with Regina saying that she is the evil queen. I thought she moved past that. Anyway, enough rambling. My top five. Number five, the writing. The dialogue in this episode was great. Anytime Jane Espenson is an episode writer, you can count on it. And this episode didn't disappoint. Lines like, he's producing oxygen. Mm-hmm. Arthur's comment on always assuming a woman's right is right. Mm-hmm. And Rumple saying, have you thought about kissing it out? <laughs> and actually, that kind of reminded me of what happened to Frederick when oh, mm-hmm. Catherine kept kissing the golden statue. statue well, the golden to, version of... Right. Yeah. Uh, trying Frederick, to use... Yeah. True Love's, True Love's kiss. kiss to free him. rescue and free him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. good poll. I'll continue with the email. I love how Sidious Rumple, or mm-hmm. as Steph from uh, Once Upon a Time podcast calls him, the shoulder rumple, uh, refers to himself <laughs> as we. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did keep saying that. And that's not the first time he said that. Remember. He talked about all the voices in his head. Right, when uh, so, there's too many of us in here, too, too, many, many, too right. many voices. Yep. And that was because Niels was in there with him. Mm-hmm. And Niels was the the nice, good voice versus the the negative voices. Right, right. Like Smeagol in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Very good writing indeed. Yeah. Number four. Holy convenience, Batman. So many conveniences and easy resolutions. Regina puts a question mark in that book for no reason. Then she happens to see it in Storybrooke and remembers why she made it. A reliquy, of course, just shows up to fill a purpose. And then everyone else welcomes the magic item of the week, the Crimson Crown. Mm-hmm. But there are other interesting things in there. We might see them later. Just saying. I, yeah, the Inquentable Flame was a good good thing, but right. you know who else? And and of course the Viper poison. Viper poison. <clears throat> yeah. Viper yeah. venom, but yeah. Yeah, it kind of looked like a sports drink or something. It kind of looked a little bit like a very radioactive Gatorade. Arthur gave David that seat way too easily. I think he was trying to butter him up. I think he was trying to validate him, mm-hmm. make him feel better. And we'll see how that plays out, because Arthur doesn't seem like a good guy. David didn't do anything to deserve basically the highest honor in Camelot. I know it sounds like I'm being too harsh. It's just I grow tired of such easy resolutions, especially after the fury last week. It is just something I have to expect from this show, I guess. Well, yeah, definitely... If it was a two-hour movie, the resolutions would be much faster, too. But I understand what you're saying. Number three, the dwarves. The scene with the dwarves come stomping into the sheriff's office to complain. I was in stitches. They reminded me so much of the Mean Girls troop, just yelling about something of theirs being taken. And they all just turn around and walk out. I love the scene. 
Mm. Number two, Emma and her plan. The reveal that Emma plans to make Rumple the hero is awesome. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense that she would come up with this since Rumple is a blank slate now and she can mold him into whatever she wants. I do wonder how someone so evil can teach someone to be a hero. But hey, details, details, right? Speaking of Rumple, it would be great to have him back again. Seeing Robert Carlyle as the Dark One is always fun, but I've grown to miss seeing him as Mr. Gold. And I think that's probably why they let him have a bit of a break. But he really didn't have him, much of a break. I know, I know. But Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. honest to God, he really didn't get much of a break. Yeah, maybe about five minutes. <laughs> All well, right, unless, I have to go back and film some more. No, what I mean is, I unless they filmed all of his scenes with Emma, like because it's really just him and Emma alone right. in, in a lot of cases. So that being the case, maybe he, they filmed that during the summer break while everyone else was off. Hmm. And it was all basically interior stuff yeah. on the studio. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible that he really did get a nice vacation from this. Number one, David and Arthur. David showing his insecurities and vulnerability was nice and very realistic. Mm -hmm. I felt like this fell flat at first because we've been over this with him already. But it's like real life. No matter how strong we get in certain areas, there's always still the potential to struggle with the same issues. Boy, that is the truth. Mm -hmm. This may explain why he took the chair at the end so easily and didn't question how easily and convenient it was. I really love David and Arthur's broship, which makes Mm -hmm. Arthur's betrayal all the more painful. Mm -hmm. On the surface, to me, Arthur is doing a wrong thing for the right reasons. He just wants to protect his kingdom, which is noble. But when you think about it, he's kind of psychotic. He's willing to make his subject kill himself to cover his tracks. And his disregard for anyone not from Camelot is ridiculous. I do really enjoy the character and can't wait to delve further into why he's like this and why Lancelot sees him as a villain. I'm starting to think <clears throat> it was Arthur who turned Merlin into a tree, or at least maybe he got someone to do it, possibly Morgana. Hmm. I love David's resourcefulness in finding out who the thief was. I was expecting him to call... It, the Holy Grail. Holy Grail. I have to wonder, how does Arthur know how to drive a truck? And that's what you said when we watched it. Yeah. <laughs> Here, you've never driven this thing before. You've never even seen one before, you know, yep. a day or two ago. So why don't you just get behind the wheel and take care of it? I guess being transported in a curse comes with new skills. Maybe like the Matrix, maybe. <laughs> I, I need this how to drive this truck. <laughs> Hold on. So, let me download. And make sure it has a two by four in the back. About, I don't know, you know, 20 feet long or whatever it was 15. long 10 15 feet long yeah overall convenience conveniences aside this was a great episode i'm smitten with dark emma aren't we all jennifer morrison is playing this part so well and you can tell she's having fun with it nine out of ten pictures of inside zelina boy <laughs> yeah Oh, you gotta you gotta really oh, kind of set that up right otherwise too. people yeah. think you're uh yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's so thanks funny. so much, Chris Tipton. Yeah. Appreciate it so much. Now, I will say this about Arthur. I I find it really hard to believe that he he's doing everything he's doing. His motivation is purely to protect Camelot. I'm honestly thinking there's so much more to this than what we think. Yep. 
Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's kind of like how when we thought Regina was being, you know, petulant and ridiculous, wanting to kill Snow for some secret or for something that she did that we didn't know what it was. And then when we realized what it was, then it made a little more sense. I'm still waiting, just like Chris is, to find out exactly what Arthur's up to. Because I think it's more than just protecting Camelot. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think it's a great, great, uh, you know, theory that Mer- that Merlin got trapped in the tree by Arthur himself, and that's why he does not want them to pull him out of it. Why do you think he went and grabbed that mushroom? Right. He went and had David grab the mushroom. I think he is trying to pull, you know, gain their trust. He wants something because putting him in the, you know, siege perilous. Yeah, that was a little, like she said or Chris said, convenient. Yep. So. <clears throat> but nope, still I agree. I agree. I like it. This is from Chris in Sensi. Hey guys, Zelina is far less irritating to me when she can't talk. <laughs> and I wish Re- Regina would have discovered this method to silence her sooner. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to comment any further on that. I like the idea of Arthur being bad. Usually it's Merlin who ends up being the shady one, which he still may be. Mm-hmm. My brother told me a funny Once Upon a Time related story. He recently got married and his wife is a Once Upon a Time fan. He's never seen an episode of Once Upon a Time before, but he was watching this episode and here is how he described it. All I know, it has Cameron from House of from House and Claire from Lost and there were knights riding around in modern times. But he also said it looked interesting. <laughs> anyway, he's going to explain the Hawkeye comment to you about the Age of Ultron and all that. Oh, okay. So uh, anyway, to expand on my Hawkeye comment, Colleen made a comment about superheroes sacrificing family to be superheroes. And in the Age of Ultron, the Avengers go to Hawkeye's house, and he has a wife and kids. And in his downtime, he lives a peaceful life on his farm. I know what you meant, but the comic book nerd in me, of course, has to pick out the one instance where this isn't the case. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anyway, the Chris stands for Christopher, but don't worry. Someone thinking I'm a she instead of a he based on my name is pretty low on my list of things I get upset about. Smiley face. We'll get Chris and Cincy. Thanks so much, Chris. We appreciate that. So much. Yeah, and now we know at least one of our Chris's we know yes. how to refer to the True. to this one. Yeah, and <clears throat> okay. Well we appreciate that. Thank you yes. so much for no. that. This is from Kelsey. I think that Guinevere was truly in love with Lancelot, but the secret Arthur is hiding has manipulated her into being with him, whether it's to save Lancelot's life or the kingdom. Just a thought. You two are amazing, and I enjoy listening to you every week. I'm a very quiet supporter, but I plan to respond with my thoughts more often. Kelsey Newton, thank you much for that. And I agree with you. I think that Guinevere is only with Arthur out of pretty much blackmail to protect somebody or something. Yep. Good call. This is from Rose. Uh, hi, Jeff and Colleen. I love the episode Siege Perilous. Siege Perilous. <laughs> I think we are getting a lot of setup for some exciting plots to come. Mm-hmm. 
when they hung David's crest on the back of the Siege Perilous, I noticed the flowers on it look like the tattoo that Emma has on her wrist. Yeah. Hmm. And that crest has been around since season one and has little seven flowers. Seven little flowers. Mm-hmm. Dwarfs. And we talk, we actually talked about that. Um, I did a little research on heraldry and we did a little conversation about that on the in like first couple of episodes. Yep. So, yeah, the seven little flowers over the top of a chevron is protecting the house. So it's the seven doors protecting snow and charming, basically. And the easiest way, because I know that, you know, when you do four years of episodes and all kinds of stuff in between and mm-hmm. hiatus stuff, the easiest way to get to those early episodes and you get a verbal heart if you can. <laughs> Man, those are early, early, early <clears throat> ones. You can go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash O-U-A-T start. And it'll give you really cool beginner primer that uh, Brad Pogris wrote, actually. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really great. And then at the end of that, it gives links to first episode, second, and for all the uh, season one episodes. So enjoy that. All right, so let's go ahead and pick up where we left off. We haven't got the story yet on why and why he got, why she got that tattoo, uh, mm-hmm. Emma, right. and that's true. Mm-hmm. That's we true. we don't we don't know, but it seems that it is the flower that would be on her father's family crest. Below is some information on the siege perilous from the Arthurian legend. In the Arthurian legend, the Siege Perilous, also known as the Perilous Seat, the vacant seat in the round table reserved by Merlin for the knight who would one day be successful in the quest for the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Mallory's Le Morte Arthur, in an account taken from the, wow, you're making me work, Rose. Okay, Vul- <clears throat> Vulgate Cuesta del Sant Graal. Don't grade me on that. <laughs> this is not the time to do an iTunes review for my pronunciation. Uh, the newly knighted Sir Galahad takes the seat in Camelot on Whitsunday, mm-hmm. 454 years after the death of Jesus. The siege perilous is so strictly reserved that it is fatal to anyone else who sits in it. Originally, the seat and the grail belonged to Percival. Percival. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But the Lancelot Grail cycle transferred it to a new Caesarian-based hero, Galahad. Mm-hmm. In Arthurian legend, the seat is reserved by Merlin. Since Merlin isn't there, can Arthur assign that seat to someone without there being any consequences? It's very interesting. I mean, if it's so fatal, whoever sits there, I mm-hmm. wonder if there's going to be any issue <clears throat> with... Hmm. Yeah, I wonder. It seems to me that only Merlin should be able to assign that seat. Will this seat be a perilous seat for David? Or is he, in fact, the knight that is supposed to occupy the seat? Nothing is that easy on once, just saying. That is true. You're absolutely true. Here's an interesting thought. Okay. If Merlin's the only one who can assign it, is Arthur really Arthur? We've seen shapeshifters before. Right. It's it, once you introduce that, you don't trust anybody. 
I kept thinking maybe Merlin was Lancelot or I don't know. You know, it's just you don't trust anyone. Right. So, And it's very, I mean, again, so many possibilities. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if we find that at some point in time in the future that Arthur's not really Arthur. It's actually Merlin. And Mm -hmm. he's, he's, you know, protecting everything somehow, some way. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. I will continue with the email from Rose. I also love the Dark One storyline, and Jennifer Morrison is killing it as the Dark One. Mm-hmm. I just want to interject that she did a lot of research on villains and evil characters when she put this together. So mm-hmm. she she really has done a lot of studying on that, and uh, so I think it shows. She is creepy and sometimes not. The creepy rumple on her shoulder would be freaking me out, popping up all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like werewolf, uh, American werewolf in London. The uh, Yeah. I'll just stop there. <laughs> if you know the movie, you, you, you would understand. Yeah. I don't believe that Emma has totally embraced the darkness. I think she has a plan. And that although she is being taunted by the faux Rumple Dark One, mm-hmm. that she knows exactly what happened in Camelot and that she is still protecting everyone. I believe she is still the savior, but she is pretending to be totally dark. I, I tend to believe that because she accepted the Dark One, the darkness, to save everyone. And I think just like... Rumpel said that when he created the curse, he he put in a fail safe, which was the savior. Mm-hmm. And I think there's still that part of Emma that even though she's becoming the dark one, that there's still a part of the saviorness in her that will uh, come into play at some point and reverse it all. That's what I think. Yeah, very possible. I'll continue with the email, but I do think she has an inner struggle with the darkness and the light that is in her, and I totally agree. Oh, and that's, you that's, can see that. Yeah, and you that's what makes it. the the drama of it so compelling. If it was all one way or the other, or very easy, or very anyway, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as interesting. I can't wait to see how this all plays out. I actually love how this show keeps me thinking and guessing, and how you can have a theory in one week and the next week, you know, your theory has totally changed. I'm glad I don't always know what's coming next. I love this show, my favorite show ever. I also love your podcast and listen to your initial reactions and analysis every week. Thanks for being my entertainment while I'm at work. We are happy to do that for you (laughs) because we know what that's like. So thank you for listening. Oh, uh, I'm a graphic designer and I listen while I design. Keep Very designing. Cool. We need more great designers. Yeah, we do. So it's fantastic. Thanks so much for that. You guys are awesome. Big love and hugs, Rose. Thanks, Rose. The same back to you, Rose, for sure. And that's really exciting. Being a designer and being very creative is really cool. Yeah, it is. All right. The next email is from Trace. Hi, Colleen and Jeff. Thanks for doing two podcasts in one day. You did better than you thought, Jeff. Very minimal word stumbling. And the second time around, well done, sir. The first time I watched this episode, I thought it was just okay. But after the rewatch, it was great. We did get a lot of information and plot driving goodness. Seems like everyone is going to get an episode this arc. Very cool. Here are my thoughts on the Siege Perilous. Best, qu- best quote. 
about unknown technology ever on Once Upon a Time. I have this picture from up inside Zelina. <laughs> My husband doesn't watch the show, but I bet you he ran over when he heard that. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, pause that. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Can we get a screenshot? What's going on? Well, I love Hook's reaction. Oh, come on, mate. Yeah, whoa, mate. Whoa, hey. Mm. Hey, buddy. It's like, no, 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 not Take that. Take this outside. What are you doing? There's kids around. Okay. Um, oh, that's funny. I'll go back. My husband doesn't watch the show, but he did happen to be walking by when that line was given so innocently. He stopped and said, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> It does. It makes you go. I then, <laughs> I then had to explain that Robin Hood was talking about the sonogram of his baby. He was tricked into having with the Wicked Witch of the West that impersonated his dead wife. I got the sideways pup, puppy look that happens whenever you try and explain this show to a non-watcher. Mm -hmm. But it made me laugh. <laughs> I hope everyone writes in this quote because it never gets old. And the more time Jeff has to read it, the funnier it will be. Well, God knows that's true. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, poor, poor Miss uh, Tuffet there. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's hard. Just hang in there. All right. Uh, it's Muffet, not Tuffet. Yeah. <laughs> that's her cousin. Okay. Now, the next uh, part of the email. I'm so proud of Hook, I think. I thought he was going to cave, but when he held his ground and refused to go dark, <clears throat> he wants his Emma back, and I love his strength in the face of her darkness. It was a powerful scene. Reminds me of what Snow did last season. Heroes do what is right, not what is easy. Then again, if the Naughty Rumples monologue from last week is right, Hook not loving and supporting her may snuff out any light left and help her go dark. It's a very good point. Yeah, that yeah. is true. But we were talking about how amazing Colin O'Donohue is, actually, mm -hmm. as an actor. I mean, look, he is very, very, very easy on the eyes. But he really is a fantastic actor. And I, it always makes me so unhappy when I hear that people just get so, you know, unhappy is the nicest way I can put it about Hook. I mean, look, I know you don't, you may not like the character, but, you know, just make sure you don't attack the actor because he's just doing his job and he's doing a, an amazing job at it. So that's my PSA for today. Yeah. I'm, the more you know. I'm not going to say anything. I'll just continue to read the email. <clears throat> it's the people that you love and that love you that keeps the dark ones from succeeding. So yeah, I'm really not sure what's truly at play here. I thought Hook was the hero Emma needed, but it's Rumple. Very interesting. I am so intrigued as to where this is going. Rumpel and Emma's role reversal is great. I love David on a quest. He really is great at the adventure stories. Though I feel bad for him. Arthur only gave him that seat to keep an eye on him. Ah. Mm -hmm. And get the information from the group. Sure. You know, keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. Right. That's very true. That's absolutely true. But one can never go wrong with two hot guys, a truck chase, and jousting by <laughs> two by four. I do think this bromance will cause trouble for Snow and Charming. If Charming trusts... Well, is it most bromances and hanging out with a guy's friends? Isn't that always problematic? No. 
like, where were you at? Where no, were you doing? Well, Why are you so, so well, late? Okay. But if that's happening all the time, then right, yes. Right. Cause I did actually have a coworker whose husband was out all the time with his buddies. Totally get that. And yeah. she's, you know, stuck at home with his kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I totally understand that piece, but you know, I, I'm fine with you hanging out with buddies every now and then. Can we know? joust with a two by four in a truck? No, you cannot. Okay. That's illegal and dangerous. Uh, and you not know, nice. But Griff, Griff survived. Yeah. You know, if that, that was real, oh, oh my God. <laughs> It'd be a news story. and It would have been, been a lot yeah. ickier looking than that. All right. Uh, if Charming trusts Arthur and, Snow's trust, and Snow trusts Lancelot, it could put a wedge between them. Mm-hmm. Charming knows the real story and may even get jealous, if that's even Lancelot, of course. I did not like the scene with Regina and Selena. I like the acting, but not seeing Regina go all evil queen on her. She's better than that. True. I, I think they're all being tested. If you yeah. look at every, just about <laughs> every single character, except for maybe Belle, maybe Grant. No, you know even what I Belle. Mean. But even I Belle. Just, Okay, they're all being tested to move on, go back. How are they going to kind of handle all these situations? Yeah. And it is like, it is like stress. It is like frustration. It is like that. You know, there's this term: the only way to really perfect gold is to put it in fire. Mm-hmm. Just to that's how you purify it, right? And and to get. <clears throat> To, to make sure that there's no sediment in there, no other metals. Impurities. You yeah. have to turn it up so hot that it, it the gold melts. And yeah. that's really kind of the way these situations are. Do I trust the one I love that I'm with or do I trust my friend who I'm not? married to that i haven't made a commitment but they're my friend do i trust this voice in my head or do i trust what i see do i trust what i feel do i where where do i go do i trust my emotions right which would cause me to lash out and cause all and and want to punish everyone that i feel has wronged me Mm -hmm. or do i step over that let it go and move on right see that's why I love this show. It's because it does push people to really challenge themselves and to to move on or stay in that cycle and just stay there, stay there, stay there, and make other people suffer mm-hmm. because of one person felt hurt. Right. Oh, my gosh. Right. Anyway. Right. So I will continue with the email. Uh, she's better than that. But sisters will make it crazy at times. I, I, I got... I got a good sister. You got a sister, and but mm-hmm. yeah, siblings and family. Oh boy, they, oh. they make you go. Yeah, they do. Kooky. Maybe <laughs> Zelina got the bean to try to get to Oz with the baby. I think Arthur will use David to get the info and tear the group apart, and maybe even Arthur will use Zelina. See, that's what we were talking about. I wonder who Zelina's ally, Zelina's ally, will be. Mm-hmm. So. It could be Arthur, because he's looking for anybody in that other group. Right. And in this situation, Zelina is sort of part of right. the group. And where is Zelina right now in Storybrooke? Right. She's locked up. Yeah. So right. unless Arthur finds her, which he'd have no reason to go look for her, 
maybe. If he doesn't, you know, if he goes and looks for her and finds her, and she's she's mute right now, or maybe not because they're in Storybrooke, so maybe There's she's paper not. and a pen. Absolutely, but bottom line is, is that yeah, if uh, she needs, she will have an ally at some point. Somebody will will help her out because they can't just keep her down like this the whole season. They, I just don't see that happening. I'm gonna quickly go off topic and then we'll come right back to the email. I still wonder about this green smoke. That took Griff away. Oh, I agree with you. I tweeted at him and yeah. I said, is there somewhere that you wrote down what all these smoke, smoke colors mean? Yeah. I never got a response. But then again, he gets a lot of different people with different things. So when I see green, I think of Oz. Mm-hmm. Just straight out. Well, yeah. So... You know, and I think it's a MacGuffin that it was a green Agrabon Viper, whatever. I, you know, I, I don't know. So I don't I think still it was. I don't that. think it was the. Po- I don't think it was poison from an Agrabon Viper. Okay, I, because it didn't behave the same way. We talked about this in first thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't did kind not of behave suck the same him way. in and make his cheeks all it whatever. Didn't, it didn't poison him and destroy him from within. It literally yeah, made yeah. him disappear in a puff of green smoke. That's not how it worked before, and we right. know for sure that was real Agrabon Viper poison or. Venom because Romaine, yeah, it right. literally came directly from the yeah. Viper itself. So I don't believe that that's what that is. I think that's what Arthur told him it is. I think it is a potion that transported him somewhere else. May have taken him to the Lost Island. Okay. No, so I'm thinking Oz. Yeah, I, I, I think Oz is somehow <clears throat> involved. If he finds, I'm going to, sorry, Trace, you're back to, poor Trace always gets <laughs> these rabbit trail comments and things, well, we but I always apologize. We do it to everybody. If he finds out the baby, if he finds out the baby drama, he could persuade her to use her magic to his advantage somehow as well. If he can get the cuff off of her. Remember, that cuff is on there and Regina is pretty much the only one that can take it off. So there's going to have to be a way to get that removed somehow. Um, It would be another Chris Tipton convenient thing where you go, I've seen that. I've heard of that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully hopefully not. Um, I was going to say, as far as the bean, Arthur said there was no bean, that he lied about the bean. So there may – but then again – he, we don't know if we can trust him based on what Lancelot said. So there may very well be a bean. I know how he learned about <clears throat> the bean. How? I think he had some kind of dealings with the uh, rural girl. Which who? What? Blue fairy. Oh, rural Gorham? Yeah. <laughs> that one. I thought you said the rural girl. I'm like, the rural girl? What <laughs> no. the heck is that? That one. No, Roll Gorham. I'm just going to call her RG. That's what I'm going to call her. Blue Fairy. Yep. Just Blue Fairy right. is fine. I think that's how. Possibly. I think she's been everywhere and had all kinds of dealings with all kinds of people. That's what I think. Yeah, probably. I think she's a wisp and all kinds of stuff. Or he's going to get that dagger somehow and control Emma to do God knows what to she's her family. She's going to try it. That's for sure. Could go on, but this is crazy long already. Sorry. (laughs) This is a great season so far. Only a Mm -hmm. few things that make me go, hmm, Arthur really is a quick study with driving. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't have to learn in high school like we all did. On a simulator. Man. Mm -hmm. We're old. I hit a car as a joke, and the the teacher downgraded me. It's really bad. (laughs) 
Uh, he said, you would never do that in real life. He was so mad. He didn't even know what a truck was, and suddenly he's Arthur Andretti. Oh, Trace, star for the day. <laughs> star for the day. That was really good. That is pretty good. It was a fun scene, though. Regina takes bad notes. How about a quick, <laughs> can we talk to Merlin with this mushroom? That would have been way more useful. And why is everyone treating Emma like a child in Camelot? It's bothering me. Emma has said numerous times, no one saves me but me. That's why I still think she's in there playing both sides somehow. That's very possible. Very probable. And I like that theory. Big love to you both and all the oncers. I can't wait to hear all your thoughts and theories, everyone. Talk to you next week. Trace. Thank you, Trace. Trace, so much for that. This is from Brad. Hello, Jeff and Colleen. Here's a little advice. If you're ever having the misfortune of being turned into a tree, keep all your partner's limbs attached. They'll thank you later. <laughs> yeah. Now on to the things I learned this, this week on the episode Siege Perilous. Siege Periloso. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, Dopey's productivity level leaves much to be desired. Oh. Okay. Okay, Brad. All right. He is a funny card. Yeah. Needs to be dealt with. Yep. All right. No, and I have no sounds for that, so you're you're off the hook. Number two, putting your name on that last piece of cake in the company fridge means absolutely nothing to the dark one. (laughs) Number three, having Leroy as a friend can cause high blood pressure. Yeah. 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 He's a he's a wound up cat. Number four, Granny's dinner needs a man with a mop. Oh, Granny's Diner needs a man with a mop. Yes, yes, it does. Number five, having temporary amnesia, wearing strange clothes, and walking, waking up in a place that's not your home could either be a new curse of the after effects of Doctober. (laughs) Hey, that's where I I tweeted uh, David Paul Grove. You did. And I said, how are you enjoying your Doctober fast? And you didn't get back to me. Aw. All right, David, just just waiting. Number six, if you've never driven a vehicle in your life, the only lesson you need is speed is feet and direction is hand. Okay. <laughs> yeah, true. That's a quick way to do it, too. <laughs> Number seven, the Black Knight really is invincible. And he cut that knight's head, head off and put it back on. Yep. I mean, if the Black Knight in Monty Python and the Holy Grail would have known that, we would never have had none of the problems. Right. We could have just put the leg back on and the they would arm never, on. Arthur and, would never have advanced to the bridge right. of, of bridge over the Pit of Despair or whatever it's called. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? The Bridge of Spies? No, that's not no. it. No. The Pit of Despair is from Princess Bride, but right. you know what I'm talking about. The man who guards the bridge. The Bridge of Death. Bridge of Death, right, over... Oh, great. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, we could go off on a tangent, but we won't. Oh, man. All right, number eight. Never cut corners when building your Crimson Crown Bog Bridge. That was the worst bridge. Wasn't it, though? It was sort of like a bridge to nowhere, but it was just awful. Yeah, it was very bad. Number nine. Robin better learn real quick how to password protect his phone. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's true. Because Hook will be over there. Okay, let's see. Number 10, our world has something in common with Camelot. 
We both have shrooms that let us talk to trees. Oh, that was good. That was good, Brad. <laughs> Love that. Oh, yes, indeed. Funny. Especially down in the, or up in Haight-Asbury or something. Uh-huh. Theories. Arthur knew the toadstool would help him communicate with Merlin, yet he takes it from David. What if Merlin is actually appearing as Arthur? Uh, and the I real mean, one is trapped in the tree. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. What if there's no one trapped in the tree and this is all a ploy to just get this information about the dark one? Because Arthur knows that in order to put Excalibur back together, he needs the dark one dagger. Right? Yeah. Right? It is kind of ridiculous. I'm telling you. you know, I'm telling he's you. He's trapped in a tree. Like. Come on, really? Just give me a crowbar or something. Exactly. Chisel them out. Exactly. But I think it's very interesting. Yeah. So, no. And and by the way, just for those of you that are wondering, I have not read these emails. I don't typically read them before yeah. today. So, right. just want to tell you that great minds think alike. Yeah, because normally I'm feverishly kind of putting yeah. it all together in here. And she's still sleeping soundly, dreaming yeah. of Nathan Fillion or something. Sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> Another possibility could be a villain like Madame Mim. Oh, seriously? Masquerading as Arthur so that Merlin is not uh, to be free. You've apparently never seen. Wow. Madame Mim, if I remember correctly, is from Sword in the Stone. Disney's Sword in the Stone. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. She's a sorceress that Arthur, little Arthur, little boy Arthur, runs across, and she turns herself. And our Merlin deals with her, and she turns herself into oh, okay. all kinds of things—a pink dragon. I point. wish, I wish that I had seen Sword in the Stone more than I saw Black Cauldron. But that Black Cauldron was the worst cartoon yeah, ever. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I remember. I, yeah. And by the way, I actually did have a dream about um, Jennifer Morrison the other night. You and I were somewhere. <laughs> Do and, we want to talk about it now? Well, no, no, no. I'm just okay. saying, you know, that it was it was actually a good one. She was she was needing our help, and we helped her out. It was really kind of yeah, a nice well, dream. Well, I will help. Okay, have a great show. Thank you, Brad, for Thanks. that. We appreciate that. And this is from Marilyn, not the state, the lady, Marilyn. Well, the state is Maryland. Lady Marilyn. How's that? There you See? go. It right? works. She would Lord like that. Lord yeah, whatever. Lady. <laughs> Lady Marilyn, approach. You can see the Siege Perilous, but you cannot sit. Because Prince Charming is sitting on the Siege Perilous. <laughs> oh, Lord. How about you read the email? <laughs> uh, hi, Jeff, Colleen, and Lady. Thank you. Lady appreciates that. She's asleep, dreaming yes. of Pongo or something. I don't yes, know. Yes, probably. When Emma asked everyone if they are sure that they didn't want her to wiggle her nose and get Merlin out of the tree, I wonder if that was a little nod to the TV show Bewitched. That's what I thought. I, I would. Pretty sure. Certainly think so. Because that's what she would know. I mean, she grew up watching reruns of that, I'm sure. Because as far as I remember, that's the only witch who ever cast spells by twitching her nose. True. Actually, there is an old movie, um, Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak, Bell Book and Candle. Okay. And I believe she wiggled her nose a little bit or used her nose or touched her nose or something like that to to make spells happen and stuff. So she had a cat that helped her too. 
Yeah, I remember my parents wouldn't let me watch that. It was just they were kind oh my of gosh. scared of things. And her like cat's that. name is Piewacket. And yet, bell, bed knobs and broomsticks was okay. Kind of weird. All right, uh, I felt sorry for Killian in this episode. The way Emma set out to manipulate him for her own ends. Mm-hmm. Emma knew that he was the only one who knew Rumpel before he became the Dark One, so that there was a chance that he had something in his possession that had touched Rumpel before he was possessed by the darkness. Mm -hmm. So when he admitted to her that he was the villain in the scenario of on the ship with Rumpel trying to keep his family together and that his cutlass had touched him, she knew she had what she wanted and become her most her most flirtatious to get her hands on that cutlass Mm -hmm. grabbing it away from him as she reminded him of when she taught him to fight during the time when he was cowardly hook the saddest part was when he said he loved her in Mm -hmm. past tense Mm -hmm. then he asked her if he was swimming home or sailing home it showed he knew that she was so enveloped in the darkness that he felt she was capable of killing him at that moment in time. And then later when Emma was in the basement room talking to the dark one, he made the comment that finding the cutlass was lucky. She replied in complete emotionless voice. It wasn't luck. I worked hard for this Mm -hmm. boy. That was cold and ruthless. Mm -hmm. It makes you wonder how she still, how she will be changed as a person if they manage to remove the darkness from her. Yeah, yeah. And, and the same question is for Rumpel. As we see Rumpel as a blank slate with all the darkness removed, mm-hmm. what will he be like? Mm-hmm. So it's the same sort of mm-hmm. question. Take care, Maryland. Maryland, <laughs> without a D. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Do you know what I realized? I mean, I think on some level I did realize this and maybe even commented it, but it really kind of just struck me just now with what she was saying is that that whole scene between Emma and Hook, the fact that she basically summoned him there through Granny's diner. She summoned him to the ship, his ship. She tried to play upon his emotions with the first date. She basically played him just like Rumple has played everybody Mm -hmm. to get what he wanted yeah i mean look how many things he's done that we've seen over the last couple of years last couple of seasons where he has manipulated somebody into doing something based on some emotional pull like the whole snow you know when she was heartbroken over david because of what his dad said to her and he gave her that potion to forget him and then david you know playing him and all he wanted was the the cloak right in return you know what i mean just the most innocent things very very reminiscent of that was you know just that whole oh i don't want anything just this you know and then emma playing it and playing it off i didn't even think about the fact that she took the cutlass with her it didn't dawn on me that she had done that well and and it was a very from my later so from my way of thinking it was a very female edged kind of a a manipulation ploy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because if he did that for her what if he was magical right right and so let's see he he made a huge mistake okay yeah and he 
recreated the first date they went on, mm-hmm. she would say, oh, my gosh. I mean, isn't that the most romantic thing in the it's world? It's very right? sweet, yeah. Taking your your wife's significant other to the first place you met, to the first mm-hmm. place your first date, yeah. maybe where you got married or certain places, it reminds you of you know maybe better times, mm-hmm. older times, whatever. Right. And so it's that whole, yeah, it was really manipulation but it was from a female perspective and i think mm-hmm. hook probably saw right through it said "Ooh, man you're really trying to play me and mm-hmm. this is you know and and some people would say uh that well their then their relationship was just a a farce it was just uh you know written that way and it really is any kind of bit when someone that you really care about is enveloped by something that is dangerous and that you are afraid of. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to walk away and sometimes you have to say, I loved you. There's still something there, but you, just like you said, the you who you were isn't here now. Yeah. I don't know who you are. And look, we're so enveloped in Hollywood and who's still married and who's not and what's going on and the affairs and blah, blah, blah. Love is deep, but there are times when sometimes in that situation, you had to walk away. Maybe, maybe that will snap her back into realization of, wow, I, I, I need to come back. I'm going in too far. I'm listening to the wrong people. I'm doing these things. I need to stop. This was the only way to do it because if he would have stayed and mm-hmm. said, okay, yeah, I'll stay with you, she would have just played him on down the line. Right. And he would be. Right. He's got to protect himself, so. protect his heart so that he can actually find a way to, you know, get rid of this darkness because he knows that that's the key. So it's not that he doesn't love her anymore. I know he does. He, he loved her far too deeply to just all of a sudden not love her anymore. I think you're right. I think that that was a way to tell her he that he loved who she was before and he doesn't he doesn't care for this person now. But I think he still loves Emma and I think she loves him because she she loved him. She told him she loved him before she took on the darkness. So I you know that that's going to be key at some point in time because I think that's going to be the thing that's going to help save her. I wonder if there's something that may tie in with uh, this that maybe Hook wrote her a love note with her name on it. Something with her name on it, which ties in with Dark One Dagger, with a happy Hmm. thing and all that. So that when she finds it or an item or something, when she looks at it, she'll say, he does love me. I've got to get out of this. Yeah. This is because she's, she's in over her head. Because it's not so. like she can't love. I mean, Rumpel loves Belle. Right. And Rumpel fell in love with her when he was the dark one. But, I mean, just, just the pain of watching Belle go through this. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going into it, but there's a lot of people that, that see these type of tortured relationships all kinds of different ways and justify in all kinds of different ways for all these different reasons. But Belle was crushed, and mm-hmm. their, their, her conversation with Hook was right on the money. Is like, you know, it's hard to love 
A dark one. It's exactly. easy to hate. But the funny thing is, is that, you know, despite all this, she still loves him. I know. But not Rumple the dark one. She loves Rumple who he is, the man he is inside. And so Hook does love Emma, the one she is inside of the dark one. She's like inside a, a dark one shell. But Bell sent him away, which is similar to what Hook did. Exactly, It's similar. He took himself away, but there's still separation. Absolutely. And so, And again, Bell is still trying to find a way to, you know, she decided she needed to move on, but she's still trying to find a way to save him. All I'm going to say is this, is love is deep. Love is also messy. And sometimes when we see things on the outside, we can make our judgments. Absolutely. I would never have done that. Or, I've, you know, I, instead of that, I would have done something else. You're not in it. It's and, difficult and, and, and to and say what you would do unless you're actually in that particular situation. And this is a this is a dramatic written television show. Yeah. And I'm glad that there's someone behind the pen yeah. that actually knows kind of where they're going. Yep. And um so but I love I love the show because this show really opens up avenues and situations where we can talk about things mm-hmm. that really touch our lives. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> Anyway, I I yep. I wish we could make a million dollars. I wish people would use our Amazon link and then donate and all this stuff, but we're doing this for free. Right. <laughs> And I still enjoy it. So um, anyway, thank you so much, Marilyn and everyone for uh, sending in all the great emails and the Mm -hmm. support and all the things on on Twitter and social media. We really appreciate all of it. And after all that, uh, we want to end the show the right way. Uh, We want to send big love out to you. Mm -hmm. Big love is so big that you can't keep it all to yourself. And that's what makes life worth living is to take what you need and pass it on to somebody else. However that is, buy them coffee, be kind, let them get in front of you on the freeway, whatever that is, pass it on to somebody else. And we really appreciate if you would support us however you can by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. We really appreciate that. So a lot of really cool things happening on the show, and we're just really getting started. So tomorrow, another new episode. Yeah. So a lot of cool stuff happening. And until then, this is Jeff and Colleen saying bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roni's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time. <laughs>